0: Listening to the Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet.
1: Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is the Local Bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you've decided to spend a few moments with us today. For that, we are incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found over on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your good podcast. If you want to be a part of the show, reach out to me, Chad, at localbarmedia.com. Local Bar Media on Twitter and Facebook is where you can find a little bit more of what we got, as well as that webpage, localbarmedia.com. And If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash localbar. There. We got all the business part out of the way pretty quick. I have to say, I am super stoked about our guest this week. I, I was, and that's just putting it mildly. I'm um, Scott Johnson. Uh, for those of you that do not know who he is, he is the uh, owner, curator, proprietor, good gentleman. Of the Frog Pants uh, podcasting network, um, I, it's not just podcast, but that—that's what I know him from. Scott uh, is uh, is a artist um, and a podcast creator. He's been doing it for a very long time, one of the top ones in the industry. Oh, I, I, I Quite frankly, he owns a certain market. I think. I, I guess it's debatable, but I am. Um, I'm really excited to have him on. He was a, he's a, he's one of the most influential people in getting me started uh, with podcasting. And, um, this is absolute joy to be able to talk with him and bring you this interview. I, um, I gotta tell you though, it's pretty, this life is just, God, you know, sometimes, sometimes you try to be as prepared as you can. And you have everything. And you know, I mean, like, you, if you've been alive on the planet for, I don't know, over six months, you, you've you kind of figured out that sometimes every now and then, life's just going to throw you some curveballs. So you got to be ready for anything. That whole Boy Scout thing. Be prepared. Oh, it's not its not just for them boys anymore. It's for all of us. Be prepared. And so I've got my studio, and my, my studio is set up to where... Uh, all it takes is a quick, just jaunt through the backyard to the studio back here. I can fire it up and be ready to record a show in a moment's notice. Well, Scott and I have been trying to have this episode recorded since like June of last year. Um, it, it's something. That's just on either one of our ends. Just something comes up. It's been the it's been the elusive Moby Dick of all interviews for me, and uh, finally, Scott. Shot me a message, hey, how about tomorrow? Yeah, sure, I can do that. Then uh, he got another message from him. How about like in about uh, 90 minutes or so? Oh, yeah, sure. And I was out and about on the town. Then I get the message from Scott. How about in about 15 minutes? Yeah, you, you know, I better go back and make sure everything's working in the studio. I walk in here, unlike, and, uh, unlike the door, walk into the studio, and it's as if every single gremlin had been through all all of my stuff, none of the wires are working. The internet's not working back here. The soundboard's all screwed up. I've got no idea what in the hell. So I have to I have to grab the mixing board. I have to grab the, the computer. I, I grab a really crap microphone that's down there on the floor right now. A couple of wires that I pray work. And I run inside and on my ottoman. On the ottoman to our couch, I set up a makeshift podcast studio just so I can talk to Scott Johnson. So I finally get to talk to the guy and interview him for my show. The guy the guy that is one of the most influential characters in me even doing this little hobby. And I've got the worst sound quality I've ever had during the interview. You would have sworn... I did it on a cassette tape like I just popped my David Lee Roth crazy from the heat uh, cassette tape right out of there and I put in a blank one and Scott, you and I are going to talk <laughs> the whole time. I'm like, you know, my good. I couldn't grab the good microphone. When the hell Chad? Not only that, not only that Maria's uh, ex-husband, uh, it's, it's his weekend with our daughter and I had to pick her up from school but she forgot some stuff at the house so they have to come barreling in to the middle of the interview <laughs> it's just you know it just goes to show it just goes to show if you want to make god laugh you tell him your plans all right sometimes life is going to pick somebody and the other day it was it was me they needed the 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 life gremlins needed a good laugh oh they got one with me you should have seen my erratic tail running around here, man. I'm like fussing at the dog like it was his job to make sure the internet was working back here. This is dumb. Uh hope you've I hope you've had a good weekend. I, I certainly have. Some some uh um you know, I, I got I got reminded of a very important lesson this weekend. Um I got to do a couple of cool things and see a couple of folks I hadn't seen in a while. Uh, those of you that have been uh, listeners to this show for a good bit know that I play in a band called Don Merkel and the Blacksmiths. It's their music that you'll hear in the um, bumpers between uh, segments on the show. And um, we uh, we <laughs> a little known fact about us: we never practice. That's I'm not bragging. It's it's terrible. Half the band lives in Columbia, South Carolina, which is right in the middle of the state. The other half lives about an hour hour and twenty minutes south. Uh, right on the coast in beautiful Charleston, South Carolina, and um, we we usually get together, uh, you know, for gigs or maybe maybe if we're on the road, we'll jam a little bit somewhere. But we we never have a formal practice, and we and we got to this weekend. We uh, camped out at a good friend's house uh, who's got she's got a little studio in her backyard for her band. Uh, Shelly McGee, who was on the show last week, Shelley allowed for the the blacksmiths to come over to her house and. Eat all of her food and drink all of her whiskey, and that was uh, it. Was it was a good time, but I um, I had so much fun being able to sit back and and jam with these guys again, and um, I don't know. I I found myself suddenly in a couple of different uh, instances, and I realized there is a major portion of my life that I've been ignoring, and and it caused me to. It caused me to actually take a step back and really do some hardcore self-reflection. And in the middle of that, I noticed, I I saw somebody walking and doing something, and it made me come to this great realization of a choice that we make every single day that I think we blame on something else. In In other words every single day we have a choice to do something and instead of making a choice we sit there and say that this thing is dictating what our life is to us and i i, I even sat around like last night before i went to bed still just kind of dumbfounded like what why in the hell have i never noticed this before it's insane And and it it was this past weekend that made me realize how there is something that I know that I've done incredibly wrong, and I am sure as hell that all of you listening have done the same dang thing, at least to some degree. More on that in a minute. First, I want to bring the, the 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 interview to you that I did with Scott, but I I need to I, I I do need to do a little bit of justice here. Um, while while I can make excuses for the terrible audio, uh, it it really wasn't that bad. Um, just know that if it sounds completely different than what you're hearing now, that that's what's going on. Uh, there are a lot of you that that listen to this show. That uh, I know are even kind of new to podcasting. I, I get emails all the time. Um, people ask me for my recommendations. And a lot of times the, the people I point to are these folks, uh, the the um, the folks that are associated with the Frog Pants Network bring a wide variety of shows. Scott. Scott started doing podcasting, and you'll hear in the interview he gets into this a little bit. But uh, he was one of the first; he was one of the first really to do it. And and Scott was a guy that was kind of communal about it, and would always bring other folks in. Then he started welcoming in other shows, and 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 through those connections, he built a a a podcast company. Uh, quit his job, got crowdfunding to uh, sustain what he's doing. Um. Also has his other work that he does through his art, and then some freelance work. I, I believe he does. I, I, I've heard him mention on some of his shows. He has some of the largest shows on the internet uh, that are not owned by a a a media outlet. This guy has found a way to tap into people from just a wide variety. Of different walks of life, and it is it is it's it's really kind of fun. You you may not know that you've listened to some of his shows before. If you've listened to the morning stream, which is his morning show that's on Monday through Thursdays, um, that that's that's the 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 quintessential, I I guess you would say, uh, Frog Pants show. But even some of the other ones like Coverville, Brian Ibbett that was on my show uh, here a couple of months ago, uh, that's a Frog Pants uh, show. Frog Pants Joint, something like that. But even the ones that are kind of like the cousins to it, uh, those those two uh, those two Jack Legs from uh, Night Attack, uh, Justin Robert Young and, uh, and and Brian Brushwood, they they are from um, a, a network that is very closely related to the Frog Pants Network, and you can see a lot of offshoots. Like Scott Scott has got this tree that's reached out to all these different areas. The funny thing is, is if you were to see Scott in a restaurant, he would he would probably you would probably not even know anything about this. Like he, he is a guy that is just as humble about it and doesn't look at it uh, in, in that way. And, and he talks about that a little bit here in the in the uh, in the interview. But I wanted to let you know, for those of, uh, those of you that, that may not know anything about that side of podcasting, the side that gets into like, the movies and the video games um, and uh, just the, the, I don't know, the offshoot silliness that is things like the morning stream. There may be, there may be um, a side here that you're not aware of. So I, 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 wanted, I wanted just to make sure that I was, I was doing it proper and making sure that you knew that, that, this, is, that this guy is a big deal. And it was a lot of fun, and I'm I'm very very uh, appreciative of him, uh, not only just coming on the show, but giving me the opportunity to ask him some of the questions that I did. He pulled, I, I mean, he he didn't tell me there was anything we couldn't talk about, and I um I really appreciated uh, him letting me take uh, the interview where I wanted to go with it. So that was um, that was really kind of neat. I um I I hope you enjoy this interview as much. As I enjoyed doing it. I mean, I I really had a good time with it. Uh, Here is my interview with uh, the one and only Scott Johnson. And I will talk to you on the other side of this break.
2: Stay stays the same when you're out of the game for too long As if you're looking back trying to find the tracks They're all windblown I'm always shedding my skin even from within And I don't know Where I've been, where I go is a future soul
0: Cause when I think
2: about how the way things should have gone I'm still out here on my own.
1: Uh, with me today is a is a very special guest, somebody I've been wanting to have on the show for a while. Uh, as a matter of fact, the very first time I ever got a a Macintosh computer, that's how old they were, uh, there was something in iTunes that showed you could listen to podcasts. I had no idea what a podcast was. I went and downloaded one that I thought. Would kind of grab my interest. The very first voice I ever heard over a podcast is this man who's joining me today. He's uh, oh. a very humble guy. And if he weren't so humble, he would admit that he is actually the godfather of podcasting as we know it. Mr. Scott Johnson from Frog Pants. Scott, how are you doing, man?
0: Oh, my Lord. I'm um, good. I think that introduction is is uh, wholly inaccurate uh, as far as my, my placement in the, uh, the pantheon of podcasters. However... I will take it as the compliment you meant it as, and it also it's kind of cool when I hear from people who say that I was the first voice they heard, uh, and it and it's you know it should be it should feel like a high pressure situation like oh boy I better better be careful here what I say or whatever but but no I I now have a, a, a I have a reputation for just letting it all hang out and so I hope today during our time together. Uh, you don't get to the end of it and go, man. I can't believe that's the jackass I heard for the first time.
1: I, I absolutely hope that's what I'm going to. That is the expose I'm trying to have, Scott. So I,
0: I <laughs> we'll, we'll just see how it goes. So
1: you, yeah, so you've been running um, podcasts for for quite a while now. Your um, the first one I heard, though, by the way, was um, Extra Life Radio. How mm. how? What was your, I don't even know what was your very first podcast that you ever did.
0: Well, if you really go back. Uh, And you kind of have to to get back to the original stuff. But uh, back in 1999, I started a show called, uh, let's see, it was called Infiltration Radio at the time. And it was specifically a show that dealt with this video game mod for Unreal Tournament called Infiltration. It was like this realistic kind of military mod. And back then, those just didn't exist. And today, we're, you know, the industry is rife with them. The Call of Duties of the world are everywhere. But... At the time, this was kind of a new idea to use the, the Unreal Tournament game and just was a modification for it. And I thought, man, it'd be cool to talk to some of the modders and the programmers that were working on that and like artists and stuff that were doing textures and gun models and all this. And I thought it would be really cool to bring them into kind of a radio format and talk to them. I had also during that time been doing some local radio stuff for an AM station. It was just kind of a weekend gig. I didn't get paid for it, but I'd go in there and do like a little computer call-in show and I would be their quote-unquote expert for people who'd put Pop-Tarts in their floppies and things like that. <laughs> uh, so so I was already kind of doing that. I'd always had this love for radio. i have been running around with a tape recorder most of my childhood. So this you know, felt like the thing to do and I knew in 99 I could create these little MP3s. I could put them up on a website. People could download them. There was nothing quote-unquote called podcasting. There was no such thing as iPods yet, which is where the name sprang. Um, it was just mp3s, which were only a couple of years old themselves, uh, on a website for people to download or stream uh, live over like a shoutcast server or something, which did exist then. Yeah. And so that's what we did. So as far back as then, I was doing interviews and talking to people and having long form content about that game and other stuff in the shooter uh, genres and and uh, did that for quite a while, and then technically Extra Life Radio started in 2003, again pre-podcasting. About a year and a half later, it became a thing. RSS happened, podcasting happened, suddenly it was a thing, and I knew I had to jump on it. And that's kind of the history of it. It was. It goes way back for me.
1: You You obviously have a lot of successful shows now that some of them you started on the Frog Pants Network, some of them you you brought in. Um, but, uh, there, there's no doubt that, that, uh, the instance was the one that probably took everything off for you. It was another one that was based around video games. And I, and I'm saying that for people that don't know what we're talking about with world of Warcraft, which is, I I think very few folks that listen to podcasting, but, but you were able to kind of reach an audience and it really kind of exploded. You go, go back to the guy that you were. Talking to people that were using their you know, their C D ROM drives as cup holders and breaking them. And then suddenly you're on stage at Blizzard, which is the, the largest video game extravaganza that's there, and you're brought on stage as an expert and the and and, and, and it's just from being a, a, a podcaster about their video game and you've had this incredible opportunity. It's not like you were a really good hunter or anything like that. Not saying that <laughs> no. I know, but uh yeah. I just yeah. I've just watched no. your videos and stuff. But um but <laughs> What's that like? I mean, do do you find – do you kind of find yourself, like, stepping back and saying, oh, my God, like, how in the hell did I get here? Well, it's interesting
0: because I never got into this for any of those kinds of opportunities. The original reason I started the instance in particular back in 2006 was I was struggling then – again, a very early stage of podcasting. uh, iTunes – it was that year iTunes finally started supporting podcasting is an official thing. You started to see other players jump on board. Um, So it was definitely an upswing that year. And I thought, are there any shows that I could find or listen to that I would want to listen to as a fan of World of Warcraft? And sure enough, I went and looked, and there were three or four that existed then. And I, no offense to any of them if they're still around, but I hated them. I thought they were bad. (laughs) And I thought, well, I don't want to listen to this. I would rather... I want to talk to friends about this thing I love and I want to make my own. So that's what I did. And it was with no other intent other than I had some passion for it. ELR had been doing well for about a year and a half on, uh, you know, his official show as a podcast and was growing. And uh, I just thought this would be a cool uh, next step. And so I did that. And a week into it, we were suddenly being featured by Apple on iTunes, which did not see coming, had no expectation for that. Uh, we also hit, I think it was seven or eight thousand downloads that first week, which was unheard of at that stage, because <clears throat> remember, podcasting wasn't anything like it is today. Yeah, you know my, the instance today will, you know, over a run of a week's episode will end up in the fifty to sixty thousand range, but at the time, seven thousand was just this outrageous number, and uh, we couldn't couldn't believe it. <laughs> Uh, and it just took off and went crazy. And so yeah, there was a there was a that was a big part of the early success for me. It certainly led to many other things, including me figuring out a way to jump ship and do this full time and and uh, leave at the time my full-time job, which I've had for quite a while. And uh, yeah, like the idea of going from that in two thousand and six to this year or this uh, last year standing on stage and and moderating the Q and a panel for the world of Warcraft dev team, that was a big jump. Uh, but it also took a while. (laughs) And, And the thing is, I don't, I'm not one to go after that stuff. I'm not really much. I'm not one of those guys that likes to toot his own horn much. I don't, it's just not interesting to me. And I feel, I know I'm always surprised when other people think it's interesting. So getting on stage and doing that sort of thing, I'm, I feel natural doing it. It's not a problem for me, but it's never like a big ego trip for me. In fact, I kind of feel the opposite. I feel like it's a huge honor. It's incredibly humbling. Uh, I don't even know why they chose me, but if they did, I'm going to do the best job I can. And after having a couple of these opportunities in the last few years, it's, it's, um, you know, turned into a really great relationship with Blizzard. Uh, you know, they've always been really kind to me and, and, uh, have, have been really thoughtful about whatever my role is on the, in the community. And, and I've tried to, you know, show that in return and be a good steward of, of uh of the opportunities they give me and it, it feels pretty good but yeah i guess to answer your question simply no i i didn't expect any of that i kind of thought my show would just be a fun thing for me and a dozen of my friends and i didn't think of it as much more than that
1: it's uh it's funny you talk about those other shows that are still around i mean i, I didn't bring you on here so you could crap on zug and coltrane and the other guys that convert to raid there, Scott, but that's, well, that's remember, okay. Remember if
0: you were... you got to remember those guys came late. They, they were, uh, and this is to their credit, but they, they started as members of our guild and listeners of the instance. And they came, they came out of that. I want to say they, their show didn't start till like Oh nine, 10 or something. Uh, so they, so they came late or they were later and they, and they claimed the instance as being the place where it all started to happen. They split off from there and went and started their own thing and they've done an awesome job. I love their community's great and we tend to we actually tend to share a lot of folks uh across those two communities they sort of inhabit both but um yeah, they make a great show. I I don't I they would not have been in the group I would have called a bad show had they been around <laughs> in, in 2006.
1: Yeah, I I figured. I knew there was a connection there. I actually didn't know they were part of AIE. I, I didn't know that, but that's Oh, uh... yeah, there
0: was a lot of in fact at the time there was a ton of drama about them uh Starting their own thing, and at the time I was like, "Why is there drama about this? You guys, it's no big deal." <laughs> the, we inspired a cool thing, and they ran off and did their own thing, and zero drama. It's all good.
1: So you you kind of split off. I mean, you, you a lot of your shows are still video game heavy. A lot of what you see over at Frog Pants, but it does split off into a, a couple of different areas. One of the shows that. I still contend, is, is probably the most underrated show on, on all of podcasting is Film Sack. I'm, I'm surprised every week with that show, what I learn, how much I laugh, and how much I enjoy it. Brian Ibbitt was on um, the show here a couple months back, and, and I asked him this. And I, I, I know you didn't listen to the show because you don't listen to my stuff. But I wanna, I wanted to throw this same question out to you. How in the world do you guys take those four big personalities that do that show and have it seem like so well constructed like i don't do you all use hand signals? Is there a video? like how do you keep from
0: talking all over each other? <laughs> um That's a great question. I think it's a combination of things. Um, I mean people hear the show for the first time now. what they're hearing is a pretty well oiled machine that we've worked on for you know that show started in two thousand nine. Even that show predates, uh, predates oh my gosh, that's, I can't just realize that's 10 years old. This yeah, October. that's crazy.
1: That is crazy yeah, that, that show's that old. That.
0: But uh, yeah, they. it's a combination of things. One is we're a pretty well-oiled machine right now, and we kind of understand each other and know each other's cues. And I don't know, we just are comfortable doing a show together in such a way that it works that way. But also, I think a big part of it is, for good or for ill, I was either born with this or acquired it over time. But I've gotten good... And I've always kind of been good at knowing when to shut up, knowing when to talk.
1: One of the things I, I love about that show is uh, all the things that you that you can learn from it. I mean, the perspective that you guys have. I mean, sometimes there's stuff that I I disagree with, like uh, I don't know Spielberg being an overrated director or uh, Minority Report being a good movie. Uh, it, it, but other than that, like it's a it's a really fun show that I learn a lot from. For the longest time, I thought you guys like worked in the movie industry or it had some dealing with it how did you how did you guys come across this vast knowledge is it really just from being an enthusiast
0: yeah it's just fandom um none of us none of us come from any kind of filmmaking background or any of that we're just fans i mean the original idea of the show at the time was simply hey netflix has a lot of you know crap on there as long as well as good stuff back in the early days of netflix like back in 09 10 years ago Netflix was all about, you know, licensed films. They weren't really doing their own stuff yet. And um, it seemed like an opportunity to dig back into what we loved about movies when we were growing up in the 80s and early 90s, what we liked about uh, schlocky old stuff even before our time, why movies are made the way they're made. Sometimes a a good movie will get into the list and we'll talk about it. Uh, Sometimes it's nothing but garbage for weeks on end, but, but there's still something worth talking about or making fun of or laughing about. And, um, yeah, we just found our rhythm there. It just, it, it, it turns out we all feel strongly enough about that kind of entertainment that it just naturally made a good show. And I'm really proud of film sex. one of those shows that we, you know, normally four voices in a room, uh, I guess, is it four of us total? Yeah. Four voices in a room. Can get a little hairy? Uh, we don't really have that problem. Uh, we don't have any kind of weird infighting. We, we, we all respect and get along with each other. Like, there's just a, a lot of little barriers a lot of shows have to deal with that we just haven't had to.
1: Yeah, it is it is amazing to me that you guys – I mean, I don't – you know, like over at Night Attack, you know, Brian and Justin barely get through talking all over each other, and there's only two of them. I don't know how you guys do that on <laughs> Film Sack, and I think it's – Yeah,
0: I think it's, part <laughs> of it is I just have this habit of uh, – even on, you know, we're, we're using Skype or something else, I get a sense for when – something's going about to go to somebody else and I shut up. It's it's actually kind of a skill that I that I for whatever reason it comes naturally to me, but I think people should work on it um especially when it comes to podcasting and when there's latency involved, you get better at knowing when to stop talking, when to let the other side go and frankly when to interrupt when it when it's actually sensible to interrupt. I think these are skills that can be used kind of across multiple kinds of careers as well, not just podcasting. I think it's good for all sorts of thing sitting in a business meeting uh, or something as you know mundane as doing a quick show with a friend learning how to do that is is a great strength and we and we've got that in spades on film We've just yeah. figured that out and we don't have to we never edit. There's never a single edit in that show. Really? Oh yeah record top to bottom zero editing. None. Even
1: with Brian Dunaway, you never yep. have
0: to edit that show. Never once. I'm Not surprised. once surprised yep. It's, it's one of the reasons I do so many shows is I kind of pride myself on a non a completely non-edited experience and, and it flows well people think we edit or you know tweak and add later and we just don't wow um, so again it's something I'm something I'm proud of and, and I hope we continue to be able to be good at that certainly hasn't been perfect every time always there's been shows I've been on where you know maybe it didn't go as well as usual or something but for the most part I'm you know it's it's, it's something I I feel a lot of pride in uh,
1: Speaking of the personalities that you have on your shows, there's 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 no doubt that there is an incredible chemistry between you and Brian Ibbitt. And, and it's 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 on display every day with the morning stream that that show, when you decided to do that, decided I'm going to do a, a, a four day a week daily show. Did you have mm-hmm. any idea it would take off not only to where it is today, but as quickly as it did?
0: No, I mean I knew we would we would have a lot of fan crossover from other projects and that people would get excited about what I had planned, but I have since the dawn of time really wanted to have my own talk show, my own morning show. I hate normal morning shows. I think they're terrible. Kind of that Bob and Tom kind of yeah. sound effectsy, you know, spend half the day doing terrible uh, phone pranks I hate that stuff. It just sucks. And because I'm not a fan of that particular um brand let's call it of that sort of thing i just thought well i want to do my own thing and i want to have my own sound and i want it to be but again like the instance i wanted to make a thing i would want a thing i would want to listen to and that's what i ended up making with the with tms and i didn't know it would take off i just knew i wanted to do it (laughs) um the choice to have brian as my co-host was based on our experiences thus far with film sack, I knew it was a good match. Um, I knew that that would be a good combo. I didn't know why I knew that. I just did. Yeah. And, um, I think I was right about that. And, and, you know, here we are, gosh, that was 2011. So Jeez. Well, sure. Yeah. That's that time's going real fast too. Yeah. Was it seven or eight years or something? Um, um it's, it's been uh, amazing. And the shows done nothing but grow and, and continue to thrive and find new, new listeners. And, um, but, it, but it stayed very true to what it was originally designed as, which is this fun, open, very honest kind of conversational morning show. And, and it was, uh, you know, I, if there's anything I'm you know, most proud of in the podcasting stuff that I've done, it's probably that because it's a lot of freaking work. People don't realize like, I mean, some, I'm sure some people realize, but it is a ton of freaking work every day. To kind of just keep that going, to find our rhythm, to stay in that zone. Um, not Again, no editing. It's all live. It's all done. Straight to hard drive. And even if there's a mistake, I push the wrong button, I keep it in. <laughs> like, <laughs> the only editing I do now is Twitch doesn't like uh, the m- music Brian brings, even though he has yeah. full rights to play it. Um, yeah. Even though that's true. Uh, I still don't edit, <laughs> except for the music. <laughs> and at the end of the show, I'll put music in. Yeah, that that's,
1: that was one of the things that Brian and I talked about. Is we, we the, the internet community has got to get that part figured out. I I don't know why that's such a pain for everybody. Oh uh, um, yeah,
0: he has to deal with it much more than me. But at sure. least the podcasting, the audio ver- uh, kind of podcasting thing, has stayed relatively easy. If you're if you're doing legal stuff, you can do it. Yeah, It's just these video streaming services or YouTube in particular, they just have no tolerance for anything, whether or not – they just don't have a way to go, well, let's make sure this is legal because Brian has all the rights. He pays for it every year. We just don't have a way to tell YouTube that, so they just auto-ban everything, and it's super frustrating. But
1: Yeah, I, I didn't bring it up with Brian, but my the band that I play in, we put some videos up on YouTube, and they took them down, and we're like <laughs> – that that's our music, like what, yep. what's going on? Yeah, so it's yeah it's, that it's, happens a
0: lot. Like we've got music I've had custom made for shows, and it gets pulled because it's like ah, this is somebody else's music. Oh geez, and it turns out somebody did a takedown. It wasn't YouTube saying it. Some other groups like that's our music, and I'm like, well, why are they? Why do you take their word for it, and not mine? Like right. it's the thing, I don't I don't get it. But when I I agree with you. One day they'll figure this out. They need to. Um, it's getting to be super weird. And I look forward to it.
1: <laughs> one one of the uh, one of the uh, things that I think I'm most impressed with about the Frog Pants community is the actual community itself. The the followers, send like tend to have like a, a connection with you that I don't see in other podcast communities. I mean, Diamond Club I think probably comes close to what I've seen, mm-hmm. um, but it's the interaction that you guys have. I mean, there there are people that call. Um, there are people that are kind of regulars that that aren't actually a personality that's on any of the show. And you guys are able to interact with them in that way. It, it, it reminds me a little bit. And I think it's, I th- I don't think it's ironic at all that you, you, you a lot of the show came from uh, a, a, a large podcast you had about World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft tended to have that communal aspect to it as well that brought all of us together in it. And it looks like you've been able to take that and bring that to the podcast community with what you've done in Frog Pants. Was that something that was completely natural or did you have to sit around and say, well, what can I do to 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 create a better interaction with listeners? How, how did it happen that you've got like the tadpole? Like how, how, it's not just you put up a chat realm on your on, on your show. I mean, there, there has to be a large group of people that want to interact with you. How did you how did you allow for that to happen?
0: Well, for me uh, a lot of it came whether I wanted to or not but I think a lot of it came from my earlier work um, you know I, we talk about podcasting all the time but my my comic work and my illustration stuff, which is like literally fifty percent of my business uh, already was uh, was already kind of in the world of creating communities. We had very active forums we had a very active fan base who would always look forward to the new comics and the new art I would put up and while you know much smaller and and would you know not nearly the kind of the reaction I got from the podcast, that was already kind of in place, and so a lot of people you'd ask and say, well, how'd you hear about the shows? Oh, I've been following Scott since his first Extra Life strip back in two thousand one. Like you hear that a lot. Yeah. So I think there are people that are still part of the community and loyal from those days. Um, but what I've learned over time is, despite those little head starts and knowing that kind of going into it. Uh, Tom Merritt once said a very prescient thing that I've never forgotten. I don't know if you've had him on before. You should have him on if you haven't. Um, but Tom Merritt said to me, we get the chat room we deserve. Huh. And I never forgot that. And I think it's absolutely true. Uh, there are plenty of like very negative, cranky voices on the internet who get lots of hits and lots of streams and lots of audience and downloads on whatever and YouTube coverage or whatever that – uh, that get that just from the pure negativity of it all. But in the end, it's not actually, you know, I'm not trying to call anybody out in particular here, but it's not actually a following. It's more of a, I don't know, it's, it's all just angry and and people are pissed and they, they're they not really there for to support you or for you to support them. They're just there to be cranky and, and say, yeah, I agree <laughs> with this guy, but the mini goes a different way. They're going to turn on him. It's a very temporary kind of, Yeah. Internet fame. And my experience has been if you create a place where people uh, feel safe, where they feel acknowledged, understood, um, where I'm honest about who I am and what I'm saying, like they don't. A lot of people are like, well, what's he really like? Well, no, this is me. Like what you hear on TMS, what you hear on The Instance, that's me talking. And there's no difference. If there's something you see about me that you think is quirky and weird, it's because it is. And if you see something about that you don't like, it's because that's who I am, and I'm probably not going to change. Uh, so my point is like that honesty is not only felt by the listener and by the follower and the reader; it's, I think, demanded by them if you want to have them build a relationship with you. And even though this relationship's maybe different than the personal ones you have with your family or wife or your, you know, your your friends or whatever it's not really that different. There needs to be trust. There needs to be a sense of, um, course correction. If I say something dumb and realize I was wrong, I make a point of owning up to it as fast as I can and as openly and as public as I can. And it has a lot problem with it. I'm a fallible, you know, idiot sometimes there's no question about it. And I think that that's like family, like your parents were often wrong. Sometimes they were right. Sometimes it's you admitting your parents are right. Sometimes it's them admitting that they were too hard on you. Like whatever, whatever that relationship is, people want that. That's, that's what they want in life. And so do I, it turns out. So providing that in a safe environment and providing a place for people to have that kind of voice, I think is everything. Um, and it's not anything, I feel like I'm just doing that because that's how I was raised. Yeah. But it, but a lot of this is the community, you know, deciding that that's for them. And then they bring their own talents, their own thoughts, their own special set of, uh, uh, you know, of who they are to the to the mix. And then the community just keeps growing based on that. I don't take credit for it. I think the community itself is amazing, and we just keep kind of growing on it.
1: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed to hear that you are the person that's on the shows. I was actually kind of hoping you'd be a little bit better, but that's, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just take whatever we can. Um,
0: Take what you can while you can.
1: I, um, I, have a, I have a question that I've always thought, ever since I've listened to you for a long time, it's, it's something that you I don't think you really bring up that much. Um, but I've always said, if I could sit around and have a drink with Scott, I'd want to ask him about this. Well, you don't drink, and I don't live in Utah, so that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> but I want to ask you this anyway. Um, I, find it, I, I find it really, there's something um, endearing about the fact that your dad uh, owned arcades and operated uh, arcades. It was mm-hmm. something that was a big part of my growing up. Um, it, it obviously comes through with with what you you've done. And I, and I know and I don't I don't want to focus too much on the instance or anything like that. But obviously that was a major part in bringing other people into what you know Extra Life was all about and what the other shows and Frog Pants were all about. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's no way that the irony can be lost on you. I'm, I'm sure. Like you're, I, I wonder sometimes, like how cool your dad would think it was, that the two of you found a way to touch people in the community and bring them together, and it, and it happened through video games. What do you think your dad would think about all this stuff if he could see it now?
0: Oh, he'd love it. um I mean, sadly, he died way too young. He died at 63, and. Uh, that was way back in 2000, and by then, I, you know, I'd barely started to scratch the surface of what was going to be possible for this new brave thing I wanted to do. Yeah. So, uh, in a lot of ways, I feel kind of robbed by uh, by time and be and by the circumstance there. But if he was here, I think he'd be thrilled about it. Like, video games became a huge part of my life because he ran all these arcades, and our house was always full of these machines. But more than that, he was he was really good at showing me or helping me understand um that there's more to it than just the games that it's not just about people, but it's about the broader picture. That's why on my shows, I tend to not focus on little you know tiny details in games. It's not about min maxing or or looking at what the meta of a game is. It's more about the broader sp- scope and the business itself and the industry implications and You know, a game like Fortnite disrupting everything. What does that actually mean? When does that happen before? Has it ever happened before? Like, that stuff's fascinating to me. And it all came from that time. And uh, I think he'd be thrilled to see that it turned into something uh, like this. I mean, basically, you know, my parents are the only ones that really could tell you what I was like when I was eight years old. And when I was eight years old, all I wanted to do was draw and record stuff on a tape recorder. (laughs) And I wish he could see that that's exactly what I'm doing. Like I'm literally, <laughs> literally doing my eight year old dreams, uh, later in life and accomplishing all the others I wanted too. like my mature dreams of raising a family and having great kids and, you know, having a, a, a long and wonderful relationship with my wife, which, you know, it's 26 years now. It's crazy. Wow. wow um, and no looking back, like all of that stuff I would love to share with him if I could, because I think he would, uh, I don't know. It's not so much. I, he was always proud of me, so I never felt like that was missing. Sure. But I think he would be just tickled that it went this way. Yeah, that's awesome,
1: man. Well, well, Scott, there's a, about an hour and a half worth of questions I still want to ask you. But uh, I'm, I'm going to shelve those for maybe a, a, the day that you bring Nerdtacular back. And, and Brian and I actually create the Nerd Bus and take it up there from South Carolina. But yes. um, there is one thing that I wanted to do, though, that I've always wanted to do. And no offense to the current Instance group now, but my favorite segment of of the Instance was always at the end when you and Randy would do rapid-fire questions. So, Scott Johnson, are you sitting comfortably in your chair?
0: I am so sitting comfortably. It's ridiculous. All
1: right, here comes five very easy softball questions. And don't worry, I have the correct answers in case you get them wrong. Number one, what is your
0: favorite video game of all time? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Ah. That's hard. Um, Probably the Diablo series, but I'd say Mario 64 would be really up there. That
1: is is incorrect. The answer is Super Mario Bros. As long as someone pronounces it Bros. Number two, Uh, what is the most annoying thing about telling people you do podcasts for a living?
0: Uh, them looking at me and going, I don't know what that is. Is that in my car? Like, they don't know.
1: That is incorrect. The answer is hearing them call them pods. Uh, <laughs> then you have to go to a beautiful island. You can only take one family member. Who do you take? Uh, oh, uh, the, the new baby. Faults. It is ding pong. The president <laughs> dies. There's a decree that you must choose his successor and the vice president from all of frog
0: pants related
1: personalities. Who do you choose as president and vice president?
0: Uh, President Tom Merritt, Vice President, uh, ooh, um, ooh, uh, Dunaway. Let's give it to Dunaway.
1: Incorrect. It is Tom Merritt and Tom Merritt's clone as Vice President. And what is the official mascot of Frog Pants? Uh... i'm sorry i'm sorry there's a three-part question what is the official part let me try this again what is the official mascot of the frog pants media one henry two chester cheetah three the turtles that live in brian's butt uh chester cheetah no it is teddy the Tendercrisp bacon cheddar ranch sandwich but i appreciate you playing anyway scott it is very nice of you to try
0: yeah, I got close on that Tom Merritt president one.
1: I actually I was like, if he says Tom Merritt's clone, I'm going to flip out. I've got it written right here. I was going to shoot you the picture to know that I actually did come up with that. That's
2: awesome.
0: Scott, listen,
1: I have enjoyed your stuff uh, for years. Uh, I'll definitely make sure that I'm pointing everybody towards you. If someone who is listening to my show has never heard of Frog Pants before, Where would you tell them to point to to find out more about all the different things that you do and uh, find something that may suit their fancy?
0: Well, uh, frogpants.com is uh, where it all happens and is located if they're interested in such a thing. Um, All the shows I do, all the comics and art and all that, they can find there. It's pretty much a central hub for everything. Uh, If they want to go past that and really hear what my daily brain sounds like, they can check me out on Twitter at Scott Johnson as well.
1: Cool. Well, Scott, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time out of your incredibly busy schedule that you got doing 45 other shows. It seems like a day. Um, but thanks so much for coming on, man. It, it really means a lot to me. You you really were um, kind of a kind of a cool voice for me to stumble upon um, just because of what I always wanted to do with with radio when I was a kid. And a big inspiration to me to actually even do this. So uh, it, it means a lot to have you on the show, man. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. It is a joy to talk to you. A lot more of a joy than I thought, because I, I kind of figured you'd be that jerk that, that I was expecting
0: you are <laughs> wrong. I'm not that <laughs> jerk, it turns out. Uh, no, dude, my, my pleasure. I know it took us a while to get here, but I'm glad that we, uh, we finally made it happen. So thanks for being so patient with me. All
1: right. Thanks, man. And I uh, look forward to talking to you soon.
0: Heck Yeah.
2: Found the girl's waiting by train bound For God only knows where She's Standing by the tracks that have a house on her back And in her eyes I recognize a distant stare she Said that she was leaving Cause she knew that I was cheating on her With a sister Lorraine Well I asked for forgiveness She told me to kiss her ass You didn't mind jump from that train Cause I love you Lucy Why don't we make a deal? Because loving you's got me lazy and drink girls got me crazy. Never touch another to drop of you. I buy a shirt of go to Wrap my arms around your girth and then I'll never have to see the blue.
1: Yes, I already know what you're thinking. You're thinking, wow, Chad, that is the most professional you ever sounded doing an interview. That was everything from the tonal qualities of your voice to the excellent sound quality of the recording it that is how if you do if you do an interview Chad with someone that you've always wanted to do an interview with that that right there is how you do it no you don't you you, you don't need to sound too professional be a little giddy in there if you want to that's that's absolutely fine I, I want to thank Scott again for coming on that was a, it was a blast to be able to talk with him on and off the air and uh he's a great guy great guy. Who, uh who does something that i think is uh phenomenal and 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 highly highly ironic that uh scott and i got to have that conversation on the on the weekend where this uh this epiphany that i came to just jumped out of nowhere so going back to what i was saying earlier i i was uh i was walking around and i saw i drove by a a, a, a like a, i guess like a bus stop or busy intersection where a bunch of kids get picked up in Ubers or whatever. Uh, right here, at the University of South Carolina, right in the middle of the of the campus, and I, I noticed there were about I'd say seven or eight kids sitting there looking at their phones. Which I understand. We're busy. We we communicate everything through our phones. That that's just it's it's not like I'm like oh, why are kids outside playing? Number one, they're they're in college, <laughs> but. You know they were they're were probably uh, in between classes or something, but something something that kind of hit me, looking at all of them just on that street corner, and nobody, nobody was talking to each other. Now, I'm sure they were communicating through that phone, and they're probably talking with other folks. But there was something that hit me that I worry is becoming that lost art of spending time with random people that are around you. It sounds kind of silly, and it sounds a little hokey. Give me a second here, okay? This weekend when I was hanging out with the guys in the band, uh, it was nice. We all know the music. We can listen to the albums. We can practice that way, which is generally what we do. But when we sat down to start going uh, over a couple of things, it was apparent that it is different when we're together. Oh, it's a lot more fun and uh, we're having laughs at others' expense, our own expense. Um, even had a, a, a good buddy drop by to give us something else to laugh about as he passed out on the table earlier. Uh, it was a um, it was a great time and, and the camaraderie was was much needed. I understand that I'm an extrovert, so that kind of stuff is something that speaks to me and that's that's really um kind of more my cup of tea than other folks. Sure, I get you. C- completely understand that. But it's not like I've got a band full of extroverts. I don't think any of them are as extroverted as I am. Heck, Don's pretty introverted. Um we 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 don't we're not all the same. But there was something about us all spending time together. You could tell that we all really enjoyed it. Uh, at, on Sunday night, there was the benefit that we talked about uh, in Shelly's podcast last week. And uh, I dropped by that for a good bit and saw a lot of folks in the music community out there supporting uh, some a major part of the music community. And I ran into uh, some, some people that I played in bands with and some other folks that I knew from... Uh, going to a couple of shindigs around town and it was great we were all sitting there and throwing around a couple of ideas seeing what the other one was doing and it was just a kind of a nice little I don't know musician mixer it was it was crazy it was, it was really cool some awesome music too by the way I mean if you missed that show at the hangar the other night they were throwing down I heard Reggie Sullivan almost made the building collapse it was just. It was, uh, uh, it was great. It was great. Cotton Town Soul Society was killing it. Everybody that I saw um, was just absolutely fantastic. But it was really cool. But I, I did something else earlier that day, too. I, I had a chance to go meet with a, a very small group uh, of folks from a church that I get to. Uh, and when I say small group, I mean like seven people. Uh, we met and uh, had dinner real quick and we're sitting around just shooting the breeze, talking about just a whole wide array of stuff. And and these were actually just got thrown into this group with uh, six other people that I did not know, that I, I had no idea who they were. And I walked away from that group just feeling great about the discussion that I had with these folks that I had never met before. Had a few beers, had some pizza. Had a great conversation. It was it was it was fantastic, and I I realized I realized something that was that's been missing um, lately. A long time ago, when when I was going through a particular particularly tough time, my dad asked me a very simple question. Hey, you know, how's work going? How you liking living up there? So who are your friends? And it wasn't that dad was like spying on me. Dad's not nosy. He doesn't care that much now. He's like, he's, he was, but he was, I think he was kind of making a point. He didn't know how to make to his young son that was out trying to figure out life on his own. But it always stuck with me the way that dad asked that. Because he did it in a way that wasn't, like I said, it wasn't It wasn't judgmental. It wasn't being nosy. It was almost like I knew there was a point there and I needed to figure out what it was. And, it, and that's always stayed in the back of my mind. As I've gone through uh, different phases of my life, um, I've been able to be very thankful for the friends that I have. Um, and tell you stories of why it was important that I came across those folks at that time. If you've kept up with the show, life has been very difficult for Maria and I over the past year and a half. Nothing to really sit and complain about. If you haven't, if you're not familiar with what I'm saying, don't go doing any research here. It's not that big of a deal. Just know eh, life's been a little tough and i and i can tell you it's some of the friends that we've had that have been there when we've needed them have been very important and then you you didn't kind of notice the ones that disappear, you know but that's we're not here to call anybody out that's that's not what i'm what i'm trying to say it, it is it, my my point my point is this there's something about the people that are around you my grandmother used to say all the time you show me your friends i'll show you your future that this is this is what you know how, who we surround ourselves with is a very important aspect of 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 what happens to us. It, it does. It actually. It I think it dictates a lot of that inner energy in a, in a way or two. It's one of the things that I love about watching Scott work. So it's it, we mentioned that World of Warcraft video game. For those of you that have played it, you get exactly what we're talking about. If you've never played it or just made jokes about it uh, or you know nothing about it, uh, understand this. A- at its peak, I think 18 million people played it at one time. And when you play it, you have to interact with other folks. You have to problem solve and, and overcome obstacles together. And there's, there's a lot of camaraderie with that. And, and there was something um, unique about that game because when it came out, it was really the first thing ever to do that. So suddenly you start seeing all these things pop up. I mean, um, message boards and, and Reddit pages, and uh, not that Reddit's not a message board, but, um, but even like Scott said, with podcasts and other media, there, there were, there were people that were wanting to find other ways to talk about this outside of that setting it was, it was a, it was an incredibly popular and, and very, um, I don't want to, I don't want to say addictive. <laughs> Whenever you say addictive with video games, people get incensed. <laughs> uh, it, it, but it was, it was, it was, it was a very, it was a very special, um, Uh, kind of thing because you know like I I would play with folks a couple of hours two or three nights a week and I I knew these people to an extent but we we had some kind of camaraderie there are still a few that I keep up with on Facebook today that I have never met in real life never met and um, you know I really dig that I I like that it, it brings people together in some ways now that can also be detrimental There are plenty of people that will tell you, I had to take a break from Warcraft or I had to stop playing it. Why? Well, because you get so focused on those relationships and that, and you you feel a pull to where like, I kind of feel like playing tonight, but man, if I don't play and my raid group's not going to have me or this won't happen and I need to be there. And yeah, you got to kind of separate yourself from that, but there's an opportunity, right? There's an opportunity to bring us together in a way that we've never Been brought together or at least not in a long time that's that's what hit me when I was looking at those college students standing there looking at their phones while waiting for a bus or an uber or whatever I'm going to I'm going to use the back in my day so just go ahead and get prepared back in my day we would have been sitting around getting to know each other a little bit better at that bus stop. Why? Well, because there weren't cell phones or at least not the ones that do the things that all these phones do today. I saw, uh, uh, someone put on my Facebook page today. Speaking of utilizing that, uh, it was a picture. It said, uh, is this piece of art somewhere? And it had a phone and it said, when the phone was tied to the wall, men was free. um, I guess man was free, kind of, but I don't know. Here's the deal. Our technology today gives us the opportunity to commune with folks we never would, to meet with people we would have never met, or to keep up with folks that we would have lost touch with. The world has gotten smaller. Technology now connects us. There is hardly a person on the planet that is not connected somehow through that device that sits in your pocket right now. We can all find each other somehow, some way through that device. Yet we sit there and talk about how it dictates our life all the time. Look at those college students, they're sitting there staring at that screen instead of talking amongst each other. Look at the people that uh, spend all their time flipping through Facebook and Twitter, taking a look at everybody's highlight reels, instead of getting to see and having true, meaningful relationships, discussions, anything. Just any kind of positive interaction with anybody else out there. And we see that when we blame that tiny device that sits in our hand, when... To be quite frank with you, that's a pretty ridiculous thing to do. You see, that device gives us the opportunity to connect with the entire world. We're the ones who choose to use it to write, I don't know, like racist and homophobic things on the world's bathroom stall that is Twitter, or send cat pics to other folks. I mean, that that that, that we that's what we do. We we decide to do that. As a matter of fact, those college kids probably weren't just looking at their phones. They were probably Instagramming and Snapchatting it up with a bunch of other folks. They probably were having discussions. So I can't really fault them for what they were doing. There was probably some type of interaction going on with them. I just hate seeing that interpersonal interaction I, I just organically happening. I, I hate that, that that's not a part of our daily lives anymore. But if you go to a coffee shop, you probably see it a little bit more. Oh, there are computers and there are tablets everywhere, but you, you see a little bit more of that. Most of those folks probably are there to meet each other, but still, I bet, I bet it happens. Not as much as we all want to. I, yeah, I get you on that. But that interaction is important. It's great to have the ability to communicate. How we use it, though, is really up to us. So what could we do with our devices that makes it a little bit more personal? Okay, so, yeah, you can just call somebody. Okay, yeah. But a lot of times we're not wanting to just talk to one person, right? How about a group text with a bunch of your friends in college and you can sit around and text about how ridiculous this lady's dress was at the Grammys because when y'all were in college, man, that's all y'all used to do was make fun of people at award shows. And let me tell you, there was plenty to make fun of at that award show the other night. God, I'm not one that's really for them anyway, but whatever. How about collaborating on like a different idea with your folks? You can, you can Snapchat and Instagram it up. That's fine. But again, you're getting into that thing where you're just looking at people's highlights. Hey, these are my highlights. Hey, check out my highlights. But that's not just who we are as people. You know, when I was playing with the band the other day, when I listened to um, you know the, the, the computer versions of our music when I'm practicing at home, there are no missed notes. When we play together, there are tons of them. There are a couple of ideas, and then there's always that, hey, wait a minute, what was that? Play that again. Play what you just played again. Wait, let me try something with that. And the, and the ideas get flowing. Hey, why don't you not play this part and play that part over here? Why don't you try doing this in a different way? And suddenly, the music takes a little bit more of a shape. It, there's another little layer to it. It, 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 it could change everything. Or just that hint could give it a different shade that allows for it to breathe something else that it, it just that really hasn't been breathed into that song before. That collaboration, the human interaction, that that communication is, is, is key. It can exist around us today. You can use that phone to do that. You can invite people over to your house with that phone. It's freaking amazing. You can, you can invite folks to church or to come hear your band play or to come watch your kids play or to have a fundraiser at a local brewery or how about a play date? You can use that device for all these different things. We sit and shame that device. It is not the device's fault, man. It is ours. We have lost... Lost touch with the fact that options, having options does not rule us. It does not dictate a thing to us. It is how we treat it. What our focus is. That, that's what does it. So so here's what I'm going to challenge you to do this week. No, I'm not going to challenge you to put your phone down. I'm not going to challenge you to get off social media. No, that's absolutely fine. But if you think your phone rules you a little bit too much, ask yourself how you're using it. You're going to get on Facebook. You're going to look on Twitter. You're going to do all that stuff. But do you wish you had started a few more group texts with your friends? How about your fantasy football group? Yeah, fantasy football is over. Who says you can't send a couple of jokes out to all those fools right now that you just stomped? There's nothing wrong with using these tools we have today for the better. Scott Johnson's dad um, had an arcade. People used to go to the mall. They would group up because, well, we didn't have phones. The arcade was a cool place for us to hang out, have fun, talk, make fun of each other. Just, just be people. Scott's podcast do that now. They they bring folks together in a way like you've never seen. Go, go watch TMS in the morning on Frog Pants on their on their on their website. You'll see at the bottom a chat room that will take on its own shape that has moderators and folks that come in there all the time. I I don't get to watch their shows live a lot. I I'm a part of it every now and then when I can be, but I'll go in there and I'll watch the chat, get to going. And like, I I haven't paid attention to anything that Scott O'Brien said now in three minutes. Oh my God. And and I, I, I love that. I love seeing this communal atmosphere that exists in this technology. Scott even started doing this this, this get-together called Tacular, where he would invite listeners to his network just to show up in Utah and they would sometimes go watch a movie together. Now it is truly, it, it, for, for the past few years, it has been the premier podcast extravaganza to go to where you can ask questions about the different ways that they do podcasting, how they present things, how they collaborate. Uh, you know what drives them? There, there's not a lot of that out there now. And, and Scott's had it, and then he then he crapped out and stopped doing it. He needs to his crap together. But yeah, this guy, he's just not he's just not successful enough for me. But I, 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 it just it floors me when I see this. I see I see a guy who understands the importance of bringing people together. I see a guy who understands for himself the idea of of human collaboration, not just the theater of the mind that, that podcasting can give you, but the idea that people need to hear something. People want to hear subject matter talked about in this way. And they, and they want better options. And so let's give it to him, but let's give it to him in the way that Frog Pants has, where it's not just, hey, I'm going to give this to you. It is, I want a conversation to be going. I want to hear this. On every one of Scott's shows, you'll hear at least voicemails or he'll read emails from people that are constantly writing in, and the people on their shows take it to heart and they talk about it, and it's fantastic. I don't mean they really delve into the, the every single nook and cranny of each you know voicemail that's sent to them. I'm sure it's glad they don't do that for the ones that I send, usually late at night. But it is, uh, it's a really cool thing to see. This technology that's used to bring people together. Something we need more and more of today. Ask yourself, how can you do it? How can you make it better in your life? And if you can't, if you really just can't think of anything, maybe just pick up your phone. Click on frogpants.com and just watch what they're doing i'm going to tell you there's a way to not let things rule your life if something's got that much power imagine what you could do with it if you picked up the reins and really took control
2: thanks for stopping by the bar We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week.
1: Yes, we will see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks again to Scott Johnson coming on over thank you for listening thank you for putting up with the terrible sound and my long-windedness tonight i hope you find a way to go out and make a difference until next week take
2: care this podcast is part of a local bar media for this and other shows visit localbarmedia.com